0: What if the speed of light was 30 miles an hour? What if Earth had two suns? Which serial mascot would win in a what fight? What if everyone lived underground? What if it on trees? What if, money threw what if trees? pigs could
1: fly? I don't know if that would actually happen. It's much easier to store even a cycle than to store a horse.
0: Hello everybody and welcome to Absurd Hypotheticals, the show sure we overthink dumb questions so you don't have to. I'm your host Marcus Laner, and I'm joined here today by Chris Yee and Ben Storms. Say hi, guys. Hey, I'm Chris.
1: Hey, I'm Ben. Are you okay, Ben? <laughs> no, okay. I was saying up for a joke, and I did something on Google Translate, and it was really funny to me. <laughs> are you, are you, is our podcast not entertaining enough? You're, you're no, going through I, jokes on Google Translate? No, I... <laughs> okay, so, spoiler alert, our question this week involves Batman, and I was getting ready to say the batman in spanish after you said the batman so i put the batman with spaces in it and what it gave me was el batman which is masculine or La batman which is feminine
2: (laughs) wait so bat and man are the same it wasn't really
1: what i was looking for no it's just it's interpreting batman as batman and batman is batman it misinterpreted my goals anyway uh, I like to poop on Google
0: Translate, and it's very fun to run things through lots of different languages. But also, I will say the last time I tried to write email in German, it did a really good job. I was very impressed. So I'm trying to poop on it less. Good job, Google Translate.
2: I mean, Google works pretty well for normal things, but
0: not for this show. Generally, yes. But yeah, as Ben mentioned, there's a there's a movie. It's named The Batman to really set it apart from all. The other Batman movies, um, to make it really stand out on its own and not ever get lost in the few dozen versions of Batman that there have been.
2: I worked for the Suicide Squad. El
1: Hombre Mercilago,
2: the Batman. El Hombre Mercilago.
1: It wasn't worth a joke.
2: Mercilago is Bat?
1: That's what I've learned.
2: That's such a long word for Bat.
1: Yeah. I'm also, so assuming, the mono. <laughs> I'm also assuming that it's the same. Mercilago is also bat in Italian, which is why the Lamborghini is called that. Hey, the more you know. Anyway. All righty. Okay. So our, our,
0: our episode today is all about the Batman. The question is, what if Batman's gadgets were real? So we've each selected one of Batman's gadgets and kind of went through what would we do with it or what would happen if that said gadget was real? I'm going to go ahead and start us off because I think I picked the most iconic Batman, quote unquote, gadget, which is the Batmobile. What I didn't really realize was there are a lot of versions of the Batmobile. And it's not just like, oh, it's got a different shaped fender this time because they drew it in a slightly different style, but like literally in different, entirely different types of vehicle different. It ranges from the very first Batmobile, which was literally just a normal red convertible to like a giant sci-fi tank that's like... You know, has all sorts of crazy bits and pieces on it. Just absolutely wild looking.
2: Wait, the Batmobile was red?
0: Yeah, so it, it is the first Batmobile and that is the first vehicle that Batman drives around. They never actually, the, the term Batmobile actually didn't come till a little bit later in the comics. But the first one he's driving like on his crime fighting thing is like literally just a red car. But he's driving it as Batman. I, I believe so.
1: Is it like a sedan? Or? It's
0: on lists of all, you know, here's all the different types of Batmobiles. So it's on all those lists. And it was a good, like, two years until the first, like, Bat-looking Batmobile came along. So I'm counting it as the first one. It really doesn't matter. I have this list. It is a close to 30 different Batmobiles. And along with its many iteration, each iteration has just a whole slew of gadgets and capabilities. So just to name a few <laughs> from the wiki... The Batmobile has... Close circuit television, a handset with direct hotline to police headquarters, direction finder equipment, spare Batman and Robin costumes with utility belts, gas mask and breathing apparatus, dashboard radar, emergency searchlight, traveling crime lab, built in sonic range finder, portable first aid kit, shortwave police radio with microphone, Geiger counter, traveling research files, cloth tool bag with tools, asbestos costumes, grappling equipment, whirly bats, inflatable rubber rafts, smoke screen devices, a microscope, emergency dashboard JLA signal, sound distinguishing bat detector, hydraulic impact absorbers, diplomatic license plates, Static Bond Tires Wayne Tech 1200 Horsepower Hybrid Power Cell Nitro Methane Afterburner Electromagnetic Sea ejector, Enhanced Intel and recon Capabilities AI and Remote Guidance systems, A payload of Laser Infrared Homing 5GM High Explosive CL20HMX Co-Crystal Mobilizer Missiles Advanced Synthetic Fiber Composite Wheels A Containment Unit Graphene Composite High Speed Hydraulic Cylinder Air Brakes With Generative energy mechanisms, 120mm carbon two dagger explosive reactive armor platings, Vulcan gun, 25mm, millimeter, 60mm millimeter cannon, high explosive penetrator shells, riot suppressor, electroshock defense, hydraulic gyroscopic wheels, multipurpose grapple claw, and a fire extinguisher. And that's honestly not even half of it once you start actually looking at the individual
1: Batmobiles. Backing up for one second, just say asbestos.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the one I was going to ask you about.
1: Asbestos costumes. I assume spare costumes
0: that are good at... Or ma- they might be made of asbestos. Batman goes back far enough.
1: That's why I was going to ask. Was was this something for, for, for when Batman has to do some home maintenance and doesn't know how old the home is? Or is this something that was a costume that was made in the 60s and was, uh, you know, is a mesothelioma risk? <laughs> like, what? Uh, this is
0: a... Um, he... Wrong. When I suspected this fire was the reason for our call, I put on my fireproof asbestos bat costume. So it is <laughs> from the 60s. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so this is before they realized you shouldn't wear asbestos. So, with all the millions and millions of gadgets in the world, what would I do with the Batmobile? Frankly, all like the powerful weapons, armors, missiles, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, It's kind of useless to me. Um, I try not to be in positions where I need that type of thing on my vehicle. I I try not to be like chasing criminals or I can't imagine something I would shoot a missile at in real life. So my instinct, if I had a Batmobile, was to pull entirely away from the fight crime at night thing and instead go for something fun. So in one of the the great senses that can really only put together on a podcast like this is, is the Batmobile a good ice cream truck? Ice cream truck.
2: There isn't a lot of space in a Batmobile.
0: That is my first point. It is storage space is generally a problem, uh, and ice cream trucks are generally big because they need to fit a whole bunch of ice cream in them. Some of the Batmobiles were bigger than others. They had they have ones that had like an actual like little laboratory in it. One of the earlier ones, but more common iterations of it tend to not have a lot of space. I did not read one good article with this I was like, why the hell is there no trunk on the Batmobile? He has so many gadgets and things to put places. Why doesn't he put a trunk on his Batmobile? So, given the very, very many shapes and iterations of Bat- Batmobiles, I could just say, oh, we just pick a Batmobile that's more van-like. But that's kind of boring. One thing that a lot of the Batmobiles do have is a big jet engine on it. So, where I'm going is this. We don't need to store a whole bunch of ice cream bars because we're going to retrofit this jet engine to help us make ice cream in the vehicle. So we're going to take this huge jet thruster that I do not need, because I do not need to go 300 miles an hour at the snap of a finger. But what I will need is a liquid nitrogen tank. So hollow that shit out, fill it with liquid nitrogen, and boom. The way we're going to do this is we're going to make on-demand liquid nitrogen ice cream. And what's great is it would be complicated to have, like, a system that works for you know, making ice cream through like a, like a program automated just from a bunch of tanks of ingredients and things like that. But that's okay because the Batmobile like specifically is known for having lots of fancy computing systems to help automate it. So really the plan is what we're gonna do is make all the ice cream. We have storage tanks that were used to be missile bays or landmine holders or any other of any bullets and things we don't need anymore. And we're gonna replace them and fill them with ice cream ingredients. What's nice, too, about this solution, it kind of gives our ice cream truck a bit of a gimmick. Not that we need much more gimmick than we're a badass Batmobile that happens to dispense ice cream. But I think we make it very dramatic. Like, when we, when we arrive at a location, like, we deploy the smokescreen gadget. So, like, you know, not with liquid nitrogen, because that would be dangerous. But, like, make a whole big spiel about your liquid nitrogen to kind of just draw attention to the truck. Uh, a bit more catchy than having just a little jingle.
2: Are you going to sell the Batman popsicles with the bubblegum eyeballs?
0: Yeah, I think that'll be, like, the only, like, that'll, like, that will, will take out the, the passenger seat, and that'll be, like, the one cooler that has the, the, the Batman with the bubblegum eyes that, like, are all deformed. We won't bother trying to fix those. But, you know, speaking of attracting people, uh, we also got to find people to attract to our, to our Batmobile ice cream truck. Uh, it's going to be tough to make expenses just selling ice cream. I imagine it'll be more expensive to run the Batmobile than a typical ice cream truck. But luckily, we don't really have to wander aimlessly. Another one of the very common gadgets across all these Batmobiles is they're armed with a large host of like sensors and computing power. So really the Batmobile can just go around the neighborhood, scan and analyze the most effective places to set up shop. So we're not just gonna be the ice cream truck that just you know goes down one lane, one lane, one lane, one street, one street, one street, and hope that kids show up. We're gonna go to where the kids are. And as an additional bonus, those spots don't even have to be legal parking spots for our ice cream truck. One of the many features in that list I read was that the Batmobile has diplomatic license plates, meaning, for the most part, you've got diplomatic immunity to park wherever, (laughs) and the grappling hooks and bat ramps to get there with it if you'd like, if you want to go real bold. How does
2: Batman have diplomatic license plates? He's a vigilante.
0: Yeah, you know, they don't quite explain it. On the listing of diplomatic license plate, it says parentheses, immune to normal traffic regulations, which I think is the workaround for your thing going, you know, thousands of miles an hour and have, it doesn't go a thousand miles an hour. It goes very much faster than the speed limit and, you know, has guns and stuff attached to it. So you got to have some loophole to get around that. So that's what I think it's originally for, so you can put guns on it. But I'm just going to do that to park in more primo spaces, like, I don't know, like on the school, on the school playground, just drive right in. What are they going to do? I got diplomatic immunity, as far as they know. You'll have to to be a little careful, because I don't think the diplomatic license plate extends to giving you diplomatic immunity, but it will make cops not check very closely. They'll they'll tend to avoid those, because the the actual diplomats and the people in the car that don't have diplomatic immunity still have the same license plates. So, advantage in finding and getting to excellent places um, for our kids. But if we want to expand our target market even a little bit further... It's time to start looking again at all these guns and cannons on the Batmobile. Specifically, I'm interested in the 60mm cannon that I saw there. 60mm is a big, big round. But also, you know what else is 60mm in diameter? A typical ice cream scoop. <laughs> <laughs> and with, again, with our fancy computer technology, it should not be difficult to aim and fire those, this ice cream to faraway customers. Of course, you can't just shoot ice cream to the sky and hope it, that ends up going well for you or the customer. Uh, but I've thought about that. So the, the way I imagine envision this going um, is, first off, the waffle cone is the perfect shape to be the nose of a projectile. So aerodynamics already getting self-solved. Second, it's kind of a matter of keeping the thing intact in the air and to the ultimate delivery. I, the way I see it is you have the waffle cone. The waffle cone is first in the barrel. Then you have your ice cream scoops go in. And then it all kind of gets wrapped together in a, you know, some kind of plastic gadgety contraption to kind of hold it together as it flies along. And then when it gets close to the destination, that wrap opens up and becomes a parachute, safely delivering the ice cream to the to the waiting customer. So you, you you make ice cream missiles, and then people just, you know, you just send out a signal to everyone knowing that you're in the area. And then they can just order ice cream cones through their app, and they just get, like, shot through the sky at them from quite a while away. I looked up some cannon distances, and they're, like, in the miles, for like ranges, so you can actually get quite a lot of coverage
1: without too much hassle. Hopefully, it's not literally on them. Like, I said, it's a parachute, so it, it,
0: it overshoots a little bit and then activates the parachutes so that descends gently for you know ten, fifteen feet to to land in your hand. It's perfect.
1: Perfect plan. No notes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we can we can even do a little better. But again, I'm I'm a bit worried about keeping expenses going, so we want to expand our sales even a bit further. To do that, we want to be operating as often as possible. Uh, a big drag on the ice cream business is that it is seasonal. And I'm not too interested in, like, driving my ice cream Batmobile so far that the seasons change. Or, like, hiring people to drive it around for me, that cuts my profit margins. So, one thing that they don't often talked about, but is seen a few times, is that the Batmobile is self-driving. Batman typically uses it to call the Batmobile to him, like, remotely. So he'll hit a button and the Batmobile will show up. But frankly, that's like the stupidest use for a self-driving car. Oh, come to me so I can drive you. I can just set the Batmobile to make its rounds all by itself. I don't even have to be in the Batmobile for it to go around and sell ice cream. So now the Batmobile can just go on its own. It can tour the world. It can just start in, you know, North America in the summer, in its summer. And then when winter comes, it just drives to South America and starts doing and sells it there where it's warmer. Uh, and it just follows the summer up and down the, uh, over the equator. And now it's all automated. It's staying productive. It's staying profitable. And with all that, I don't have to go back to work on Monday. I'm set. I don't have to go back to work ever. And that's what I would do with the Batmobile is I would quit my job. <laughs> Chris, what, what gadget did you choose to look at? So what I did was
2: the also questionably a gadget. You could argue that it's not Batman's gadget. But I did the Bat signal
0: is isn't that exact the one batman thing that batman
2: doesn't own yeah he doesn't own it <laughs> and i don't know a gadget is usually like a smaller thing too so
0: oh it definitely counts for the show format but i just like i just
1: like that it's like
0: well if i'm thinking about it now
2: i mean it
1: was it was designed by batman right like
2: i don't think it was it i don't know
1: i thought it was
2: i think it was designed by the police department
1: Wait, was it? I always thought the idea was that he made it and gave it to them or something. I don't know. Oh, I don't that's know.
0: such a bowl that's such a ballsy move. Like walk into the police <laughs> station and just like, Hey guys, I'm gonna install this big light on your roof
1: in case you need me. <laughs> it shoots my logo into the sky. I actually like the other version better where the police department on their own was like, Hey, you know what? If we need get contact with a bat guy, let's just shine a big bat in the sky. I'll probably see it. He never gives us his phone number. <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, I think the idea is that he's a vigilante, so he's on the run, really, kind of, and he's hard to get in contact with, right?
0: Yeah. I think he'd be able to give, like, one phone number, though.
2: Yeah, that's true. Actually, I think there are some some cases where he does have a phone. There's a bat phone.
0: Oh, there's lots. Of, it's always in the Batmobile. There's, it, it, it's list, always listed as a gadget as having, like, a phone in the car, and I'm like, it's not the most impressive gadget, but sure, list it.
2: <laughs> he, has, he calls it the bat phone. It's cooler.
0: It connects to the Batcave. It's got call forwarding. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, I'm Kenya's gadget. I'm as Batman's gadget. And I'm also saying it's arguably more iconic. You said that the Batmobile is the most iconic gadget. I'm arguing this is more iconic. It literally has I mean, Batman's literally makes icon. makes an icon in the sky. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so the Bat-Signal first appeared in the Detective Comics number 60 in 1942. Uh, so it's super old. And ever since then, it's shown up a bunch. It's like one of his most iconic things. And basically, if you don't know what it is, the Gotham City Police Department uses it to summon Batman. They just shine up in the sky. Batman sees it and he goes and talks to them. Now, there's actually a term like a technical term for like making a shadow in front of a light. It's called Gobo. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but it's spelled G-O-B-O. And it's a a theater and photography term, and it's basically just if you have a light and you put something in front of it, the thing that you put in front of it is a gobo. (laughs) Why
0: can't they just call it a shadow or a silhouette?
2: Well, the shadow is what it casts. The shadow is the thing on the wall, but the thing that creates the shadow is a gobo. Got it. You gotta distinguish between the two, Marcus.
0: Uh, You know, I'm learning. I'm learning a lot about theater. (laughs) Which is not what I expected to do on this episode, but that's okay.
2: So obviously we can do this in real life. We can make the bat signal in real life. But I wanted to see if, like, we would actually be able to project it in the sky for something that Batman would be able to see. And the answer is yes. So, like, a long time ago we actually invented a thing called a sky projector. So it was invented in 1930 by a guy named Harry Grindel Matthews. Harry Grindel Matthews is actually best known for his quote-unquote death ray, which he invented in 1923, and just sort of a side tangent with the death ray. It was like an electric ray that he claimed could like stop motorcycle engines, and he said that if you put enough power into it, then you could like shoot down airplanes, ignite gunpowder, and incapacitate people from like four miles away. And he was trying to, like, sell it to various countries. So he was, like, jumping from government to government, trying to sell this thing. And they would ask him to demonstrate what his his claims were. And he would basically refuse. <laughs> <laughs> he did do some smaller demonstrations to, like, the press. I think some one of his demonstrations, he, like, turned on a light bulb with it. <laughs> I think he did shut down a motorcycle engine as well with it. I don't think he ever sold it, but he, like... He came to the US and he tried to sell it to the US and then he, like, no one bought it. So he went back to Britain because he's from Britain. um, And he told the British government that he had sold it to the US for some reason.
0: What's interesting is that when I was reading of the Batmobile gadget, one of the Batmobiles did, like, one of the early ones did have a ray that shot out and would disable other vehicles. Maybe it was the same guy. I wonder if the guys (laughs) who wrote this just, like, stole all this real life cartoon villain's ideas for writing comics like it's right around the time period right
2: yeah so i don't know (laughs) i mean this guy wasn't really very successful so he obviously didn't sell this death ray but he did invent the sky projector in 1930 and it basically just projected pictures onto clouds um he demonstrated this in london where he projected an angel with the message happy christmas on it in the sky and he did some other demonstrations. I think he did a demonstration in New York or something. Uh, but the Sky Projector actually wasn't successful at all, and he went bankrupt the year after that. Oh. So that was the first Sky Projector. But there have been more contemporary versions of that. So in uh, 2008 in Singapore, there was a projector that they used. Um, the New York Times described it. They had a, a quote, like the giant batman sign projected into the night sky of gotham city the text beware of the god suddenly appeared in the singaporean sky mid-september so they actually compared it to batman like basically just it's the bat signal but they're not actually using the bat sig- the bat uh symbol and then in 2019 in vancouver they actually did use the bat symbol so they projected the bat symbol in to the sky it was part of the filming of Batwoman, the the CW show. So obviously, this is possible. This is a real thing.
0: Did he show up though?
2: He, the actress playing Batwoman, showed up as Batwoman.
0: I don't know if that counts.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted to see if, like, obviously this technology exists. But I wanted to see if it's plausible for summoning someone that you need in a situation or something. So obviously, projectors don't work during the day. But Batman doesn't really operate during the day. He's kind of just like a night person. And then during the day, he's Bruce Wayne. So I don't think we necessarily have to worry about that. But we do. What we do have to worry about is the clouds, because if you don't have clouds, then the projector has nothing to diffuse the light onto, and you can't see the thing. So I was I started looking at cloud cover and like how often um, the sky is like has good cloud coverage. And global cloud cover averages around 0.68, which means that 60% or 68% of the sky all around the world is covered in clouds at one time on average, which is actually pretty high. That's pretty good. But I actually I, I tried to look more specifically at Gotham City. So Gotham City is obviously not a real place, but I think traditionally they they usually put it in New Jersey I think it varies a little bit, but it's more consistently in New Jersey than in other places. And I tried to find reliable historical records for cloud cover in New Jersey. I couldn't I couldn't find exact numbers. I did find a cloud map, and based on the cloud map, which like averaged a whole year together, New Jersey was a more consistently cloudy area. So I guess it's more reliable to work in New Jersey or in Gotham City, the bat signal. But obviously you're not going to have clouds all day every day or all night every night for your bat signal so if there's no clouds then you're not gonna be able to call batman so i wanted to see if we can create clouds and we have covered a thing called cloud seeding on this podcast before we covered it in episode 17 uh, which was what if you could control weather i think ben covered it because he was trying to figure out like weather and weddings trying to make it not rain on weddings exactly And I think you concluded that this whole cloud seeding thing was sort of, like, questionable whether it actually worked or not. It's also not exactly what we're trying to do. The cloud seeding is, like, you're trying to induce rain to get rid of clouds. But there is a thing called anthropogenic clouds, which is basically clouds induced by human activity rather than just, like, naturally formed clouds. And anthropogenic clouds increased a lot during the Industrial Revolution, mainly because for anthropogenic clouds to form you need three main factors so you need air that's near saturation you need air that's cooled to the dew point temperature and you need the air to contain uh, like small particles to act as condensation nuclei which is basically just like something that the moisture can condense onto and what satisfies these three conditions is the combustion of fossil fuels and like things like power plants. So like burning fossil fuels at a, a power plant releases vapor. It, cre- it creates particles in the air and then it shoots it upwards into an altitude that's cooler. So that it reaches the dew point temperature and then you create clouds. So I don't know specifically any Gotham power plants. I didn't really look too deep into it. I'm sure there are some power plants. But Gotham, as a city in general, has a reputation for being pretty crime-ridden and dirty and polluted. I'm sure they are. They do have a lot of air pollution. And to promote our cloud formations, even if, if there isn't enough air pollution, we'll just build a bunch of power plants and burn a bunch of fossil fuels. And who cares about the environment? We need Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll be able to call Batman whenever you want. And there isn't... The obvious alternative of just calling him on a phone or like tweeting him or something
0: do you do you think do you think that uh the reason that there's still all this crime in Gotham is that thirty two percent of the nights the bat signal doesn't work, and Batman has no idea probably and then that thirty two percent of the times when all the is when, when the joker and all the crime lords actually like make their profits so that they can you know he always succeeds in foiling their plans on the on the cloudy days but He's like, wow, why aren't aren't their business and crime empires falling apart yet? They can't be making any more money. I stop them all the time. But actually, it's just on the 32% of days (laughs) where it's not cloudy.
2: I also wanted to kind of look into, like, if he would be able to see the bat signal from anywhere in Gotham. Because, like, they only shoot one bat, bat signal in one spot. And Batman could be, like, in any part of the city. But I couldn't really, like, find any information about, like, the visibility of one spot in the sky from anywhere he
0: also spends his time in the Batcave, which is underground so there's a zero percent chance he sees
2: it yeah and like there are a lot of big skyscrapers that block the sky so i imagine he won't be able to see it
1: <laughs> i remember seeing in one of the movies one of the campier movies there was something where like he had set up a series of mirrors on the roof <laughs> of, of wayne manor that would like redirect it into his office or something <laughs> <laughs>
2: we solved the problem (laughs) 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 how
1: does he see the whole sky he's got mirrors they they didn't go into detail on that portion but who knows
2: I mean I personally think a tweet is basically just a bat signal like it's a modern day bat signal how is Annie any different
1: it's not in the sky not in the sky is the big one it's not in the sky it's really the main takeaway here it's not in the sky
2: it's in the cloud
1: it's in the cloud jesus
0: (laughs) god nope no, no. Are you done?
1: Can I remove the talking stick from your hands? Yes.
2: Ben, what did you do?
1: <sighs> so there is one iconic bat gadget that we have not talked about yet. It's not the Batarang. You might have thought it was the Batarang. No, no, no. More iconic than that. I'm talking, of course, the most infamous bat gadget of all time. Someone had to do it. Let's talk about the bat shark repellent.
2: <laughs> <That's> repellent.
1: <laughs> it repels bat sharks. So the bat shark repellent.
2: Wait, it's actually called the bat shark repellent and not just shark repellent?
1: I think it's actually just called technically what it is in the movie. what the can actually say? I think it actually just says shark repellent. Hold on. I'm pretty sure it just says shark repellent, which is kind of a letdown, actually. But uh, so, OK, so it just says shark repellent but the sign above it is oceanic repellent bat sprays. So it is a bat spray that is shark repellent.
0: What What I did not know from what I did not realize is that there's also a couple other repellents. Oh, pictured we're going to, gonna, it. we're going to get there. Don't worry. Okay. Ooh, exciting. <laughs> Sorry, not to spoil. I was just excited when I saw it.
1: Yeah. So, so if you're not familiar, uh, this is from the 1966 film, Batman, the movie, Batman and Robin are in the bat Batman is hanging from a rope ladder coming out of the ocean and there is a a shark that is just clamped like over his leg like to the knee. And he he calls up to Robin to bring him the bat or bring him the shark repellent. And as this is happening before he even does that, he just tries like punching the shark in the head and like doing some like uppercuts into like the gut of the shark before then asking for the thing specifically designed to get rid of sharks, which feels like a bad order of operations, but whatever. So anyway, Robin brings it down. Uh, He sprays a shark. The shark falls off of his leg into the water and the shark explodes. Oh my. (laughs) So (laughs) I never, I I had seen this clip out of context, you know, 8,000 times on the internet. And I didn't, I always assumed the shark just exploded because it was this campy 60s Batman movie. And they wanted the shark to explode for every reason. It turns out there is actually a legitimate reason the shark explodes. It's stupid, but it's legitimate. So it got sprayed with shark repellent. Well, no, no, it's unrelated to the shark. The shark repellent. I'm just gonna put this out here. Just get this out in front of this. The shark repellent repellent does not blow up sharks. That's what I was kind of afraid of as I was doing my answer because that goes to, into a very different direction than I wanted to. So the reason the shark explodes, basically, the United Underworld, which was a just an organization of like Batman villains, who was the sort of antagonist of the movie, they had a plan to kill Batman where. There was this yacht owned by Commodore Schmidlap, apparently. Sorry, it was a hologram of the yacht, not the actual yacht. That they found a shark near and put a bomb inside of it and then left it near that yacht that Batman was going to, hoping that it would detonate with Batman near the shark. Which feels like a really bad plan. Yeah, also, like, the shark was already doing a pretty good job on its own. Right, just just put a shark on him. Like, (laughs) put a shark there and get rid of his, his shark repellent. Done. I don't know. Anyway, that's why the shark explodes. So mystery solved there. Inexplicably, this actually isn't the first time that the shark repellent comes up in Batman's history. There's actually an issue of the original Batman comic book, number 117, in the story Manhunt in Outer Space, where he, on his utility uh, belt, when he's on Planetoid X hunting this weird, like, giant monster with someone, he uses it against an alien sea beast. I don't know why he left the shark repellent on his utility belt for this space adventure.
0: Yeah, you think those loops are important, but I guess, I don't know, if you got a Batarang and a...
1: He's like, like, I'm just going to do everything else with this Batarang. I can use my loops Your your your, your three key gadgets, Batarang, Grappling Hook, Shark Repellent. What else do you need? So, anyway, yes, we are going to try to use the bat shark repellent. Shark repellent is a real thing, by the way. I looked into it briefly, but that's not anything too exciting there. Uh, It was originally developed in World War II to protect sailors or airmen who were, like, down at sea, which feels like they had other things to worry about than shark attacks, but I guess we threw some military research at it, so who knows. So, it's a real thing. It mostly works, so won't go into much detail there, but, yeah. So, how how can we use this bat shark repellent to get to the most powerful of Batman's gadgets, which is money? So... As you mentioned, Marcus, everyone remembers the shark repellent, but that was not the only spray in the helicopter. Uh, There were also canisters of whale repellent, manta ray repellent, and barracuda repellent, which are all very specific, but I guess fair. And I think that we can actually use specifically the whale repellent to get us into a pretty successful business opportunity, which is whale watching tours. Now, I know what you're asking. Whale repellent gets rid of whales. How do we use that to help us see whales? And that's where I tell you the first step in any successful business is driving your competitors out of business. So what we're going to do first is go to an area that has whale watching tours and then basically make them all go broke. This won't take that much disruption to do. I actually found somehow an August 2020 memo to the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife called Final Analysis of the Economic Viability of Commercial Whale Watching License Holders my assumption is that this was something done like in the pandemic to see if all of the whale watching tours in the area would go out of business. I don't know just from the timing that kind of makes sense, but they determined that a loss of 14 to 27% of the uh, ridership of whale watching tours would probably make them go out of business. So you don't need to entirely like completely shut them down. You just have to get, you know, that much reduction to sort of drive them away. And conveniently, generally whale watching tours will have a, I always assumed it was a money back guarantee. And I've from what I found in my research, it's usually not. They're kind of tricky. What they guarantee is that if you don't see a whale, you will get a free ticket for a later whale cruise, which feels a little slightly disingenuous, but I guess it does accomplish kind of the same goal. The the one whale watching tour I went on
0: did have a cash back guarantee. You got a hundred bucks. It did. Like, uh, hunt literally a hundred dollars but I don't think that hundred dollars was the full price of the ticket. I didn't pay for the I, I was with family I didn't pay for the mm. for the escapade but yeah they they had cash ready though they were a bit this was this was up in Alaska like basically in a migration channel so they there was very little risk of not seeing a whale. We saw
1: 15 whales
0: A lot of whales uh, in like an hour and a half <laughs>
1: yeah yeah it, it it seemed like when I was looking at least the ones you know in our area apparently. They don't usually do cash back. They usually do, uh, one of them phrase it as you can get free whale tours for life until you see a whale, which <laughs> isn't actually that impressive. But yes, so pretty quickly, you should be able to drive your competitors out of business. But, what do you, but then the question is, how do you then get the whales to come back? And there, we're going to turn to actually one other useful gadget that Batman has, which is the ultrasonic bat beacon. Now, on its own, probably not going to serve our purposes. Basically, what it does is it sends out an ultra, ultrasonic signal that attracts bats. It's not used very often. I can't imagine it's actually all that. It's, it's cool, but not, you know, generally that useful, I'm sure. I didn't know he actually messed with real bats. Yeah, it's, so when it's come up, it's been uh, generally when he's getting cornered by, like, a SWAT team or something, when he's in his more, like, vigilante phase, and he wants to get out without actually, like, hurting them. So he, like, brings bats up to, like, scare them and confuse them and then runs through the bats. I don't know. Whatever. But I'm assuming we could pretty easily repurpose this ultrasonic bat, uh, oh, God, bat beacon. I knew it was alliterative. I can't remember what the word was. To attract whales using their own ultrasonic song that they use. We can figure that out. I'm assuming with your bat gadgets, you also have access to some bat computery stuff. You can you can figure out the tweaking you need for that. But then what you have is a very successful whale watching opportunity where you've driven away all of your competition and you can actually do a true money back guarantee because you are guaranteed to attract whales with your bat sonar. I like it. And there's my bat business plan. Please back me on <laughs> this your bat on business plan. Bat Kickstarter.
2: Both of you have a business plan. I realized I did not come up with a plan. No, I'm just gonna tweet at Batman.
1: I mean,
0: it sounds fun. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. Wait, was, it, was the tweet your actually prepared written conclusion? I thought it was just a throwaway joke.
2: <laughs> nope, I wrote down tweet on my notes.
0: <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> you probably shouldn't have admitted that on air. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, with all those, those bat gadgets done, I think it is time to move on to our would you rather question.
1: Quick, to the bat would you rather.
0: Yeah. Let's see if I can do this in a Batman voice. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Ben, <laughs> are you ready for a would you rather?
1: You
2: have to sustain it for the entire thing.
1: I can do it. I mean, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm ready for the would you rather. I'm not ready for this voice. Would you rather? Have a duck that oinks, or a pig that quacks.
2: So intense. You made it so much more intense than it would have been.
1: <laughs> I'm actually a little stressed out about this choice now. Yeah. <laughs> um, Benjamin, a duck that oinks, or a pig that quacks. I don't... Uh, like, I don't... I don't know... Answer the damn <laughs> question! <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what this gets me. What? Like, okay, all right. For some reason, this doesn't make any sense. I don't feel like... I don't feel like a duck that oinks is very impressive. I can't explain it. There shouldn't be any difference. But a duck that oinks feels way more reasonable to me than a pig that quacks. And I I don't know how to... (laughs) I, I can't justify that.
2: Do you think Daffy Duck would be understandable? Or Donald Duck would be understandable now? If he oinks? Well, would he oink... (laughs)
1: Yeah, he's a duck, he would oink.
2: Yeah, but, like, cartoon pigs don't oink. Cartoon ducks do.
0: Wait, I mean, Donald Duck quacks. It's incomprehensible quacking, but it is quacking.
2: Oh, did I say the reverse? I might have said the reverse.
0: Well, it doesn't matter what, like, like, he's a duck, and he... (laughs) He would just be indecipherable oinking, which I don't think would be any better.
2: Well, so, Donald Duck, he quacks, but he, likes. you can still sort of hear what he's saying i don't know how you'd do that with oinks
1: i'm not gonna try
2: (laughs) like i can't even imagine what that would sound like
0: you have to somehow be able to talk while inhaling through your nose weird for oinking (laughs) yeah no i can't i can't make my brain it can't yeah attempt that i've done my one voice for the episode we've wasted it on batman
1: (laughs) (laughs) so i i can't i can't this has broken me (laughs) (laughs) it's like the
0: least this is the thing that has stumped you the most on all the nonsense we've done it honestly has i can't
1: i can't explain why and it's legitimately it's specifically the quacking pig it's it's the question of why is a quacking pig so much weirder than me to an weirder than an oinking duck like picture imagine imagine that you see a duck and then oinks at you how weird do you think that is
2: uh like a seven I think I just assume that the duck is having like respiratory problems.
1: Exactly. Yes. That's, that's exactly where I went for some reason. I don't know why, but if I heard a pig quack, I would lose my shit. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So
0: <laughs> let, me, let me try to look at this from a more productive it's perspective. I, Maybe clearly I helps.
1: can't. So you're going to have to.
0: Annoy- ignoring the oinks and the quacks for a second. I think I'd rather have a pig than a duck. I think pigs actually make pretty good pets. They're pretty clean and affectionate and, of course, quite domesticated. People do have pet ducks. I don't know if that's a legit thing or if they're just crazy. Ducks are kind of cute, but I think pigs are more standard as, like, a pet. And if I have to have one of these things, I'm going to have it as a pet.
2: Really? You think pigs are more standard as a pet?
1: Yeah, pigs are a pretty common pet, actually. Yeah, they're, they're not, like, a common pet, but... They're reasonably common, yeah. If someone has a pig as a pet, I don't think it's insane.
2: Yeah, but I wouldn't really think it's that weird if someone has a duck as a pet either.
1: I would think it's,
0: it's more, it's weird than a It's pig. a bit weirder to me. I, ducks are more just like feral <laughs> to me. Ducks aren't domesticated. Pigs are.
2: I guess.
0: So, f- from my perspective, it's pig is a better pet than duck, but quacks are, I think, significantly more annoying than oinks.
2: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Quacks are
1: definitely more annoying than oinks.
0: So is pig enough of a better pet that you put up with the quacks?
1: I mean, is your pig living inside with you? Yeah. Okay, well, that was a quick answer to that question.
0: Yeah, no, pet pigs, pet, pet pigs would like- No, know, I, know that, know, they, I know they, they, they can, but- is, You have different types, yeah. But is this particular could be inside, no one? Problem.
1: It could be an outdoor pig. And then you have less quacking problems.
2: So how often would the pig quack? Because I feel like ducks don't quack as often as pigs oink.
1: That is definitely true. Also, pigs tend to
0: oink pretty softly. Are they going to quack, like, little bits? Like, they're like, eh, eh. Yeah. I think
1: ducks are <laughs> supposed to like, So, yeah, that's reasonable.
0: If a duck is really mad and just starts, like, snort, grunting, oinking, is that just too terrifying? I don't like that image. Yeah, like, I don't the, want that the mad past.
2: squealing oink is not appealing at all.
0: Oh, I wasn't even thinking the squeal. I was thinking, like, more like a snorty one. But, yeah, squealing is also not good.
1: Yeah, I don't like the squeal.
2: Like, what... Is there like a more aggressive version of a quack other than just the the quick, like, is there a squealing equivalent of a quack?
1: It's
0: like a honk, but it's just kind of louder of it. Like, I think it was like quack to honk is, is. Mm,
2: okay.
1: I thought, I thought honk was more goose than geese. duck. Geese. I'm wrong. Yeah. yeah. I
0: think geese are just bigger dicks, so they honk more often. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, like, yeah, it's not quite a honk. It would be, it, it would be a little bit of a different sound profile, but yeah, I, I
1: think it just gets louder quacks.
2: I mean, everything that we've said so far is pushing me towards pig that quacks.
1: I'm just thinking about how loud a pig-sized quack would be.
2: Oh, would it be louder,
1: you think? I mean, physics implies so.
2: I mean, pig oinks are kind of the same volume as a duck
1: quack, right? So think about how soft a duck oink would be and how loud a pig (laughs) quack would be.
2: Well, I'm saying that I don't (laughs) know if it scales with size because they're both like... Pigs are bigger than ducks.
1: Well, there are different mechanisms though. Is
0: a pig is a pig quack a big
1: quack? I don't know. An oink is an inhaling sound. There's less airflow.
2: I guess we have no way to know. Yeah. We don't know if it scales.
1: <laughs> Wait, I, I think I've just made up
0: my mind with the mental picture on it. So you have a, you have your pet you have your pet pig, right? It's in your house. You invite someone over who's not met your pet pig yet. The moment of like them like be like, oh yeah, you can pet it, and they start petting your pig, and then just all of a sudden goes quack, <laughs> like <laughs> that is pretty good. <laughs> and it makes them jump, that's too good. That makes up for all the annoyances. Getting everyone gets got good once by your quacking pig.
2: See, I think everything that we've said is that ducks are the more more annoying animal, and squealing oinks are way more annoying than than uh, quacks. So, like, it's all positive for the the quacking pig
1: it's all coming up pigs (laughs) all right we should we should make decisions here it's time
2: quacking pig i'm going quacking pig
1: big big quacks that's what i want big pig quacks i'm afraid of the volume of pig quack and (laughs) i am going to go oink duck personally
0: awesome there there you have it folks that's what you do very decisive two to one (laughs) get a pig other wonderful decisive things that you can do as a listener is leave us a review. Uh, if you enjoyed our talk about Batman or pigs or ducks, whatever side you're on, leave us a review. It's a great way to help the show grow. Let's more people find the show. Gets us higher up on search algorithms and whatnot. Makes us feel good about ourselves too. So really easy, quick way to help the show. Whatever whatever medium you're on, whether it's Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever, just, just drop it in where it tells you you can do that. Other things... Send us questions. We'd love to get more listener questions. We'd love to answer some of them on the show. You can be immortalized forever if we answer your question here because it'll be in a digital format that is on the internet, which will never, ever die and will always be available for the rest of time. And your cool brain thoughts can be central to an hour of that.
2: We did an episode where the epi- where the internet died.
0: Yeah, but that's an b- absurd hypothetical, Chris.
2: Ah, yes. Yeah, so absurd.
0: Never would happen. It's like... A pig quacking, it just doesn't it just doesn't happen. <laughs> and then, of course, the most direct way to help the show, the most appreciated, and the one that gets you bonus stuff is going on to the Patreon, www.patreon.com slash absurd hypotheticals for a singular dollar per month, like the price of one-fifth of a cup of coffee over the whole month. This isn't even a scam. You can, uh, one, support the show directly and... Get access to all our bonus content that we produce each month for specifically our patrons. Again, www.patreon.com slash absurdhypotheticals. But, as always, the show is free, so you don't have to do that. You can be be lame. But even if you're lame, you can join us next week where we answer the following question. Except, it's not a question. It's a fight. We're going to have another fight episode, and we are going to be fighting... The top characters with the coolest secret identities. Which character with a secret identity will reign supreme? You can find out next week Monday.
2: Spoiler, one of them is Batman. Ooh.
1: Ooh. No, it's not. Was that you, Marcus? Yeah. Oh.
2: Well, you just gave away your secret identity really fast. (laughs) (laughs) Shit.